0: Would you stand and listen for the word of the Lord? This morning, we're reading from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10, beginning in verse 34. Then Peter began to speak to them, I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, Preaching peace by Jesus Christ, He is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea. Beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John announced, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. How He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with Him. And to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and of the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This is the word of life. There are two main characters in this story. Peter, sometimes known as Simon Peter, who becomes the leader of the disciple band. The one about whom Jesus said, Peter, you are my rock upon which I will build this church. And then there's another character, Cornelius. We're told more about him earlier in this chapter. That he is a centurion. That is, he is a Roman, a member of the Roman army. But he's interested in what Jesus has done, what Peter has been talking about he wants to hear more about it but it is important for us to remember that the person in charge of executing jesus was a centurion certainly peter upon hearing that this centurion cornelius would like to hear from him has a mix of emotions perhaps fear and trepidation to begin with Maybe some anger and rage mixed in, perhaps also some shame, for surely he was reminded that on that night that Jesus was arrested, that in the face of the Roman power and authority, he denied even knowing Jesus. He said, I do not know the man. Certainly, Peter, hearing that a centurion wanted to talk to him, had a flurry of emotion within him. If you're not familiar with that part of the story, you can read it in the Gospels. But let it suffice to say for us this morning that Peter, hearing from a centurion, would easily think he is the enemy. He is an enemy of ours. And that's our first connection point with this story, I think. Have you ever had an experience in which someone crossed you, hurt you, or betrayed you? Or perhaps you've had that experience where someone crossed you or hurt you or betrayed someone close to you, maybe someone in your family, and your natural inclination, and rightly so, was to draw a circle of protection Saying those are the ones to be avoided, to be pushed back, to be excluded. It would be easy, probably likely, that Peter has done the same with the Romans. But now, with that background, we can read this story through that lens of seeing the Romans as the enemy and therefore recognizing the contrast and the contours that Peter lays out as he's talking to these Gentiles. Things like in verse 36, where he proclaims that Jesus brings peace and that Jesus is Lord of all. Oh, we can all affirm that right now. But if you think about the first century, if you think about Peter in his time, it was the Romans who were to bring peace to the world. That's The Pax Romana, they were the ones who bring peace. And the Caesar was the one proclaimed Lord of all, not Jesus, this fellow from Nazareth. We can also see when we read a few verses later that there are those being oppressed and there are those who put Jesus to death. It's easy to identify the Romans as those who have come as oppressors. And certainly they're the ones with the power and authority that took action. To put Jesus to death. Oh, Peter would know who the enemy is. Peter would know whom should be excluded. And yet, Luke, who is the author of the Gospel of Luke and this book of Acts, tells us earlier in chapter 10 that in fact, Peter had this vision while he was praying to God that told him that these Gentiles. These Romans, these enemies, were to be included. Peter could not believe it. The story tells us that he had such a struggle to believe it that three times God reiterates the message that yes, indeed, these he thinks of as enemies should be included. Peter had a vision from God that indeed these people, were to be included. Now certainly that must have been bewildering and shocking to the whole disciple band because they understood that Jesus had come to be Lord and Messiah for the Jews, but not for the Gentiles. And yet by the time Peter has had this vision in his prayer time, and then traveled to the house of Cornelius and is ready to speak to them. He says these words as he begins to speak. You can find it in the 10th chapter. Back up in verse 28, he begins like this. You yourselves know that it is unlawful for a Jew to associate with or to visit a Gentile, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone profane, Or unclean how could this be and yet that's the message that he's received from God that somehow God is doing a new thing in the world through this raising of Jesus from the grave and then we find in the opening verse where we read Peter goes on to say I truly understand that God shows no partiality but in every nation Anyone who fears him, that is, anyone who respects God and does what is right, is acceptable to God. God, through the power of the resurrection, is breaking Peter free from his former exclusive understanding of whom God loves. I read a story not too long ago that happened in the 1980s. It happened in the country of South Africa. Those were the days when apartheid was still in full force. The story told, it's a true story, of a black pastor going to see a white judge. He was granted an audience. He went in and began to explain to the judge why he was there. He said, this might be hard for you to understand, but in my community... It is very difficult for my people to believe that a white person is capable of love because everything in their experience has shown them that white people are most interested in making sure black people live in misery. And the judge began to think that this black pastor had come to ask for a legal favor, a legal ruling that somehow would help someone he knew or maybe someone in his family. But that is not what the black pastor had on his mind. He began to tell the judge about Holy Week and what his church does to commemorate those events of Holy Week and how on that Thursday before Easter they have a service they call the Washing of the Feet. Where they remember how Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. And he said this year I hope it will go like this. First I will go forward and call someone else forward and I'll wash their feet. And then my daughter is going to come forward and I'll call someone else out of the congregation. And she will wash their feet. And then honorable judge. I would like it if you would come. And allow me to call you forward. To wash the feet of Martha Fortuin and the judge said Martha and the pastor said yes judge and the judge sat silent for a moment because Martha had been his domestic servant for over 30 years he finally said you know what Martha has washed the feet of all of my children Why should I hesitate to wash her feet? And the black pastor jumped up with arms open wide and hugged this white judge. The Thursday night came. The church was full. And sure enough, they came to the point in the service and the pastor washed someone's feet. And then his daughter came forward and washed someone else's feet. And then he called out the name Martha Fortuyn. And she walked forward and sat down And then the pastor called the name Jan Christian Olivier. And a gasp came out from the congregation. Could it be the Honorable White Judge in our black church? And sure enough, he stood from the back row and walked all the way forward. And the pastor gave him a towel. And he knelt down and washed the feet of Martha Fortun and dried them with a towel. He recounted later that as he was doing it, he could not help but think of how many steps she had taken, how many miles she had walked to serve him and to serve his family. And he said he flashed on a particular scene from years before when he walked in one day from work and Martha was on her knees washing his daughter's feet and after she dried them She kissed them. And so when the judge finished washing and drying Martha's feet, he lifted them up and kissed them. Martha began to weep. The congregation began to weep. Never before had they seen a white person embody such love for one of them. The judge stood in silence and walked back to his seat. Nothing could be heard except the sobbing of the congregation until finally the pastor stood and began to read from the Gospel of John recounting how Jesus had washed the feet of all of the disciples and then when he was done said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? If I, your Lord and Master, can wash your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you an example of how you should love one another. God, through the power of the resurrection, is breaking people free god through the power of the resurrection was breaking judge olivier free from the restraint and constraint of his culture and the laws of his land god was breaking him free to love in a new and powerful way peter says the same thing happened to him that god was breaking him free and in fact calling him to be a witness to the resurrection To tell people that this Jesus who had been put to death has in fact been raised from the dead. And that he's been commanded to testify to this very fact. And to proclaim that God's love can break through all barriers. Can overcome all obstacles. That in fact this divine love is so great and so powerful that it even transcends death. Peter says... That God is at work in His world. And this scripture reading proclaims to us that God is at work in our world. And just as Peter, perhaps we're beginning to see that God's love is bigger than we thought. That God's love is more magnanimous than perhaps we can even imagine. The power of the resurrection reminds us not to limit God's love. On this Sunday of all Sundays, we're reminded not to limit God's love. Peter realized that God's love could not be contained in his belief system just as the tomb could not contain all of who God is. Oh, friends, God is offering you this love that created you and wants to redeem you and offer you abundant life, even as that divine love is being offered to your enemies. God is offering to break you free this Easter Sunday morning. God is offering you new life with more love, more joy, and more hope. Thanks be to God. Amen.